0: You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Father in Heaven, thank you, Lord, for this time that we can have together. We have a common need, we have a common love for you, but we know that it must be deeper than it is. We want greater trust in you, more loyalty deeper insight, more fervor for your kingdom, but we also need more wisdom, more knowledge, and more practical application. So please be with us today, enlarge our hearts, and make our steps certain through the influence of your Holy Spirit on each heart, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Probably one of my favorite Bible stories is found in John chapter 5. And it's the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda. How many years was he at that pool, paralyzed from the neck down with no one to help him? How many years? 38 38 years paralyzed, waiting for those waters, waiting for uh, his miracle. But somebody would climb over him and he was helpless, he was hopeless. He was worthless in his own eyes. We know from the context of the story that it was his own course in life that brought him to that place. And so he had the misery of self-reproach, self-hatred, and guilt, and shame on top of it all. And I love the way the story starts because it says that Jesus came and he saw him. And he saw that he had been there a long time, and that's really special, isn't it? Because some of these problems that we are dealing with, we're at the end of the genetic line, and some of these uh, challenges that we face might be through the environment that we uh, were in, were born in, we get a genetic deck that maybe we didn't choose, we've made choices when we were dead in trespasses and sins, we have Problems and sins that cling to us like lint, and we don't seem to be able to get traction. You take a few steps up in a, uh, a shale or sandy hill, you take four back. And so uh, Jesus saw that he had been there, and he saw that this was a long time. And he asks him a question. What question did he ask this man? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? And the man does not have the faith to grasp what Jesus is asking him. And he says, Sir, I have no one. And when the waters are stirred, I have no one to help me. Others step over me. First of all, I'm thankful today that salvation is not a competition. Aren't you? He came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so Jesus listens to him and he says, rise, Take up your bed and walk. The interesting part of this story to me is in verse 14 when he later sees this man at the synagogue and he says something interesting to him. He says, Behold, you are made whole. Go and sin no more lest a a worse thing come upon you. And I remember my husband Dane and I were driving to some appointment and I was reading the evening worship. This was the story. And as I read that phrase from Christ to this man, I, it really shocked me. It hit me. And I looked at Dane and I said, Dane, what could be worse than being paralyzed from the neck down with no one to help you? And he didn't even miss a beat. He said, being paralyzed from the neck up and not wanting help. That's worse. That's worse. I never forgot that conversation. And depression and addictions and being dead in our own miserable life without Christ is being paralyzed from the neck up. And Jesus came to heal that paralysis. And we're seeing in this class, and it's something that you already know, is that these mind-body systems work in concert to heal us of that paralysis. So not only is it a, a healing of spiritual paralysis, but there are body systems that also need to be healed of paralysis. And so today, as we begin, we're going to be... I love Wednesdays. You know, when I go to the staff meetings, the first day of the meeting, it's, you know, rouse up, rise up, O church of God. And by the time we get to Wednesday, it's, if your hand's on the plow, hold on, hold on. You know, <laughs> so if you find some workers today, tell them that you appreciate uh, that you appreciate uh, what, uh, what they're doing for you. So what we want to do, I don't know, you know why I told you that story, I just but it's true. (laughs) So what I want to do before we get into our presentation on addictions, oh, I know why I told you, because Wednesday I always tell a really cool story, and that's in our program today, Uh, because this is Wednesday. It's Wednesday for you also, and it can get to feel like kind of a long week, so I'm glad you're not ditching class today. You're here. That's a good thing. So I want to talk to you, I want to do a little demo right now. We did one yesterday on uh, concentrated refined carbohydrate, and I think that 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 was a good visual. I want to do another one today. Does anybody remember from yesterday how many grams in one teaspoon of sugar? Good, four. You'll never forget that because you were standing right here with me. Um, And so in one tablespoon, today we're talking about fat. And F-A-T is not spelled B-A-D. Fat is so good, it's so important, but we need the right kind in the right ratios for it to, to, to uh, reveal its benefits. So in, oh good, thank you, Sherry. Um, or, yeah, thank you. So in a tablespoon, this is a tablespoon of fat, A tablespoon of fat is 15 grams. How many grams? 15 15 grams. So, in one 10 ounce, 8 to 10 ounce steak, this is a high fiber steak because it's plastic. (laughs) But in one 8 to 10 ounce steak, you're going to have 50 to 60 grams of fat. So, this is 15. And now we have, how much? 30, and now we have 45, and now we have 60. This is 60 grams of fat. But how many people do you know that just eat this and nothing else? We're gonna have baked potato with sour cream and butter, maybe a white roll with butter, Maybe a little ice cream at the end to settle the stomach, and we're doing this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There is a fast food breakfast, and they give them—you know—they give it, give them these amazing uh, names like "Be a lumberjack and take down the world" breakfast. But this bre- this, these breakfasts have ni- some of them have 93 grams of fat. And how much fiber do you think is in these breakfasts? Zero. Just very, very little. Maybe one Maybe or two. Cellulose. Pardon? Maybe cellulose. Maybe cellulose, yeah. So, this is the amount of fat that you're going to get in various combinations of burgers and fries. It's the same amount of fat you're going to get in four slices of cheese pizza. It's the same amount of fat you're going to get in six handfuls of Fritos. Now, This is the important thing about fat and cell structure. Your cells are made up of lipids. Lipids are fats. And they are called bilipid layers, two double lipid layers of fats. You could imagine them like double layers of ping pong balls in a jacuzzi. So they're constantly remodeling themselves. And and fats are important because not only are they carriers for fat-soluble vitamins, they are also precursors to important hormones, and they make up, the fats you eat make up a large part of the structure of every cell in your body. Now, here's what happens when you have a diet that is high in saturated fat, particularly animal-saturated fat, So we're talking marbled meats, chicken skin, um, butter, hard cheeses, egg yolk. These are very uh, concentrated forms of saturated fats. What happens to the cells is that they, because we're talking about being what from the neck up? Paralyzed they make the cells of the body and the brain less flexible because these are stiffer fats. They're solid at room temperature. They become less flexible. They become less permeable. They become less fluid, so they're sluggish. There's more toxic waste and less electric less conductive, less flexible, less fluid. So in other words, they become prone to cancerous change and they also are directly, there's a linear relationship with the ingestion of these kinds of fats and increased risk for depression. Why would that be? What would be a reason? You're more sluggish and the neurotransmitters can't communicate, and you have inflammation causing more cell death in those key areas of the brain that are associated with mood. Also, increased pain proneness. Now, that is interesting, isn't it? Because when you have a stress reaction, your cells release uh, factors that stimulate stress hormone production. And also um, immune factors, and when you have a diet that is rich in these kinds of fats, the immune factors and pain si- pain signaling is much greater. So there's even a relationship with pain, severity, and um, also impulsivity. So fat is a very, very critical structure of our cells, and fat is important and we need fat, but we want to have the healthy kinds of fats that make the cells more what? More flexible, more permeable, more electric and more conductive. That means the neurotransmitters that regulate mood can actually travel from cell to cell and enter the cell and do their business to create uh, a, a better mood. So there's a good reason for us besides weight and besides heart disease or diabetes to consider the types of fats that we eat. Now, what would be some of those healthier fats that we would want to start substituting if these have been a major part of our diet? What would some of those fats be that would be really healthy? Avocados. Avocados Avocados are a great source of monounsaturated fats. They're high in fiber and phytochemicals, so the packaging of these fats is amazing. What else? Nuts Nuts are fantastic. Nuts, any kind of nuts, just a handful a day, is going to reduce your risk of a heart attack by about 50%. Walnuts have about 1200 milligrams per serving, you know, a little handful of walnuts, of omega-3 fatty acids, which actually lower inflammation and actually boost HDL cholesterol. So your seeds, your nuts, and nuts, by the way, are low in saturated fat, and they are very high in monounsaturated fat. And as we age, our brains need more of those monounsaturated fats that we're going to find in olives, avocados, nuts, seeds. I make waffles and I put chia hemp and flax seeds in them, uh, plus the whole grains, the oats, and they're they're really delicious. And so, you know, they make you happy in spite of yourself. They're just really anti-inflammatory. So when you're making breads or whatever you're doing, cereals, you can add these fats. Extra virgin olive oil has 31 different antioxidants, including hydroxytyrosol, which softens arterial walls. Soy and canola oil do have omega-3 fatty acids. They are rich in omega-3 fatty acids, so... You know, uh, if you are gonna bake something that is gonna need a little bit of oil, that doesn't mean we use a lot of free fat, but would small amounts of a better oil, a plant oil, be an okay thing for most people? Okay, don't answer, that's fine. <laughs> you're afraid to answer, aren't you? But that is, you know, that is, uh, the, that is the conventional wisdom, not, you, you have some skinny little kid, you're gonna make, you're gonna make uh, some toast for him and give him a little earth balance on his toast, That's a good thing, but the problem is we're eating too much of the wrong kinds of fats. Are you with me on that? All right. So I went to an oil chemist society meeting several years ago. 2,000 biochemists converged uh, to discuss lipid science, and I really wanted to go. I did go because I wanted to go to the olive oil seminar, and I wanted to go to the omega-3 fatty acid seminar and I signed up for an SDA awards banquet. I thought, wow, Uh, it was a breakfast. I thought, what have Adventists done in lipid science? I'm gonna pay the $25, and I'm gonna go to this SDA awards breakfast and find out what we have done in the in science, and I I signed up, I went to the breakfast, and I walked in, and the room was full of platters of sausage, and eggs, and coffee, and all this stuff, and I thought, what has happened to us as a people? I just don't even get it. And uh, I found out that SDA stands for Suds and Detergent Association, also. So I had, yeah, so I had signed up for the Suds and Detergent Association Awards, and actually, I learned a lot about detergent uh, that morning. But I will tell you, it was a good thing to sit through because healthy fats really do have a solvent effect. They have a cleansing detergent effect in the body. They're wonderful. So don't be afraid of fat, but we don't want to fill up on refined fats of any kind. Are there any questions before I get into my PowerPoint? Who said that? Okay, um... So coconut oil is actually higher in saturated fat than lard. It is touted to be a healthy weight loss method because it has some medium chain fatty acids in it, but actually the ratio or the proportion of medium chain fatty acids is very, very low. And so here again, if you have someone getting off lard and they want to make a pie crust a couple of times a year, sure. But is it a healthy fat? Is it a health fat? No. Is it one that is a replacement for other kinds of fats, like extra virgin olive oil? No. Uh, But it can be handy for that occasional treat that you're baking. It's better than lard just because it's not an animal fat. And here's the thing also about... Um, pre-formed fatty acids, you've probably heard that that fish oil or fish is superior to the plant omega-3s. Have you heard that? That's, that it's just, you're not getting the EPA and the DHA, the octa-pentanoic acid, the decosa-hexanoic acid in the seeds or in the nuts. You're just getting alpha-linolenic linolenic, linolenic acid, which is the first part of the Omega-3 chain once you take in a fat it it desaturates and elongates and it becomes other fatty acids like DHA and EPA here's the thing Plant fats do not bypass metabolic controls and that's a good thing. So in the days before uh, the fast-food restaurants were in Japan the Japanese ate very, very large amounts of fish, which are very high in not only the initial omega-3, but also the EPA and DHA, and they had a problem with hemorrhagic stroke. The blood was too thin, and they were stroking out from bleeds. And so it, the beautiful thing about plant fats is that they cycle your body becomes more efficient, it's a cleaner fuel, it, it, they do not bypass metabolic control, so your body will produce the EPA and DHA that you need. Is that good news today? Yes. Yes. What about seed oil, oil? Oil, oil? oil? You know, it's just like any other, some of these oils are very expensive, they go rancid, easily, so, you know, I'm just from an old-fashioned Italian family. We just use a little bit of the olive extra virgin, and and I hate to tell you this, and I even know it's going on tape, but the biggest food fraud in Europe is extra virgin olive oil. It's adulterated. 75, 85 percent of it is actually not what they say, and I, that makes me sad, and I'm sorry. Uh, so I buy California extra virgin olive oil, because I want the real thing. So that's what I have to say about that. I wish it wasn't true, but it is. All right, habits. We're talking about habits today. Tomorrow we're going to talk about habits that last and situational awareness. That is a really key piece. So habits are our friends uh, if they're what? Good ones. Habits are the great economizer of energy. That's the really cool thing about the way our brains are designed by God, is that we are engineered by God to form habits. And that pushes the behavior down to the subcortical level to free up headspace for solving problems, creativity, thinking, exploring, learning. And so the addicted brain is in an absolute opposite hierarchy. They only have one thing they're thinking about, one motive, one driving behavior, and they're not doing that addiction to feel good. They're doing it to keep from feeling bad. So part of the breaking of the power of addiction is restoring the joy of just life. Uh, So... Habits are routines that help us repeat safe and effective behaviors and build consistency and security into our lives. Abraham Lincoln said this, certain habits of men are like luxurious vines, they destroy the trees that they decorate. It's like that kudzu vine that can grow 12 inches a day in the south. Have you seen that, how it goes over telephone poles and houses if you stand still too long, you know? (laughs) So classic addiction, we've always thought of it as alcohol, nicotine, drugs, but we know now, Howard Schaefer uh, from the Harvard Division of Addiction Medicine, drug use is not a necessary and sufficient cause of addiction, it is in fact improper to consider drugs as the necessary precondition for addiction. How many of you have been seeing all these ads everywhere for the new gambling, the online gambling sites, gaming? breaks my heart to see it. it stan- now this is Brian Knutson from Stanford University. It stands to reason that if you can derange what? Brain circuits with drugs, you can do it with natural rewards as well. And this is a very interesting statement by Mark Gold from the McKnight Brain Institute, University of Florida. What's the difference between someone who has done what? Lost control over alcohol and someone who's, what? Lost control over we, good food, not meaning healthy, but good food meaning hedonistic, you know, that bliss factor, like in that milkshake picture I showed you the other day. When you look at their brains and their brain responses, the differences are not very significant. We've taken the position that overeating is in part due to food becoming more refined, more palatable, more hedonic. What does hedonic mean? It's a bliss factor. It's, it's, a, it's a, a bliss reaction. Food might be the substance in a substance abuse disorder that we see today as obesity. Dur- this is Dr. John Rady speaking now. During abnormal behavior, such as compulsive overeating, what's happening to the neurons? they actually get stuck in a rut of abnormal patterns of activity Becoming underactive or overactive or just non-performing, it being either too easy or too hard for them to fire. Now this is a very, very important and interesting statement because as I said, we look at our addictions and we look at these challenges as a spiritual issue. We started this thing out of curiosity or comfort, but now we've gravitated into a condition, When the architecture of the brain changes, we now have a condition. When the metabolism has changed, when the way the genes are turning on or off, when inflammation is present, when immune factors are present in the brain, amplifying the signal of inflammation, now you're not dealing with just a spiritual problem anymore. You're dealing with a condition that needs to be treated. I think that is a powerful weapon of knowledge so that we can work understandingly and compassionately with each other when we have these challenges. Amen? Now the interesting thing is even the cheapest uh, computers have backup systems And and God has built so many backup systems within us, and I'm just so grateful for that because if this was the end of the program, I would say let's just give it up and go to Chuck E. Cheese right now. There would just be no hope for almost any of us in this room. But the good news is, is that all 50 of the neurotransmitters which we associate with mood, and memory are made, stored, and secreted by the mobile cells of the immune system, the cells of the respiratory tract, and the cells of the GI tract. In fact, 95% of serotonin, which has to do with mood, well-being, and learning, is produced in the gut, not the brain. Half of dopamine, which is a reward, a pleasure transmitter. GABA, which has to do with impulse control. So when we start to feed our bacteria high-fiber, diverse, colorful foods, the, the composition of the bacteria begins to change. They begin to generate byproducts which stimulate the production of those neurotransmitters which assist mental health. That's good news today, isn't it? And the other thing is, is we in addiction medicine, they talk a lot about, a lot about Uh, Tolerance, you build a tolerance. Someone was telling me yesterday they can drink so much of a caffeinated beverage and then just go right to sleep. I worked with a lady in California that was drinking 10 Mountain Dews a day, liters. And she would start a fight with her husband to go out and get this stuff, and she could sleep after using this. So that's called tolerance, where your receptors in your brain, they can't regenerate fast enough, they can't pick up all the neurotransmitters that are being stimulated, the dopamine, the pleasure circuits of the brain, and and so now you need more and more and more of that excitement, that pleasure, that hit, that bliss, and it doesn't work, right? Some of us have experienced that. The good news is today, is that in your brain are not only dopamine D2 receptors, but in the higher parts of the brain, there's dopamine D3, four, and five. They're backup systems that stimulate dopamine when you do the right thing. When you delay gratification, when you stay home from that party and work on that paper, when you mow that lawn when you don't feel like it, when you go for that walk, and it doesn't feel good because you're withdrawing from that addictive substance, remember, it's not making the good choices that's making you feel bad. That addiction is not your friend. But every time you go ahead and push through and do, the dopamine in the other parts of the brain are stimulated and it compensates. Isn't that just a beautiful picture of our Savior who doesn't want us to needlessly suffer? Oh. Oh. (laughs) I will never teach another anti-stress seminar with this equipment. It used to be you go, go in with a piece of chalk and a, and a chalkboard, and it was so easy. You don't need to hear my private problems right now, okay? <laughs> I just don't like equipment. All right. I had to get a new phone, and the guy that I had to talk to about it was doing the in, in, internal eye roll, here comes this old woman ha- asking too many questions. I said, listen, young man, I can saddle a horse and knit a sweater. You don't know everything. Wise guy. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the topic. That was poor impulse control. <laughs> But it's Wednesday, (laughs) All right, so you know what this feels like because we wouldn't be sitting here as Christians if we weren't wiped out at one time. That's why we're here, right? We need God. Addiction includes persistent compulsive behavior that is harmful or destructive characterized by an inability to stop. You make that pledge, you make that vow, you suffer through it. You do that addiction even when you're feeling sick and you know that you have been hijacked, your brain has been hijacked. Other examples, pornography, gambling, gaming, shopping addiction. There's a really interesting book uh, by uh, Dr. Norman Deutsch called The Brain That Changes Itself, and if you have a challenge with um, pornography, there's a very interesting chapter on pornography and how our brains compete for real estate. So for instance, a person that's blind the real estate of the brain that is dedicated to vision is not operational, so other areas take over that real estate. Hearing, touch, smell, the other senses take over that real estate. And so to give you an example of how this works with pornography, because it's a, it's a very hidden, a very big problem, a very hidden problem, um, my husband had a, a, a very... Uh, Wonderful uncle, his name was Ott. He was a very, very old man when Dane was a little boy, and he had his his wife, Thelma. uh, They were in their nineties, and Ott this really impressed Dane because he would he would point to his wife, Thelma, and he'd say, "Isn't she just the most beautiful woman you've ever seen?" And Dane would, you know, I don't see it. (laughs) But, um, But here's here's what happens. When we are focused on that one person through the changes of life that becomes the definition in your brain of what love looks like. So they may lose a limb, they may get sick, they may, whatever transitions they go through in life, the aging process, that's what love looks like. But pornography confuses the real estate of the brain that is dedicated to love. So now it's confused. What does love look like? It doesn't, so the real estate gets captured. So it's a very interesting discussion on how that real estate needs to be brought back to that single focus. And if you're a single person addicted to pornography, remember, the love of your life is God. And it needs to be redefined. The name of the book is The Brain That Changes Itself by Norman Doidge. D-O-I-D-G-E. It's a very, very... It's the most interesting chapter that I have read on pornography. Well, it's the only chapter I've read on pornography. But it's very, very, it's very good from a clinical standpoint, from a brain standpoint. If you think you have an addiction, it's important to work closely with your health care provider. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't need God and that change happens, of course. But do you see how when we enter the school of Christ, do our bodies and brains need to be healed? And does that take time to recover lost ground? God wants to, to restore everything that sin has broken and taken away from us. Um, where's my purse? Let me, just share. Let me just share something I read this morning from the Sabbath school lesson, if I can grab my phone real quick. I want you to hear this at this point, because some people really struggle with this, uh, with this addiction. Hold on, since we're way off course. Be not discouraged because your heart seems hard. Every obstacle, every internal foe only increases your need of Christ. He came to take away the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Look to him for special grace to overcome your peculiar faults. Cry to the dear Savior for help to sacrifice every idol and put away every darling sin. Let the eye of faith see Jesus standing before the Father's throne, presenting his wounded hands as he pleads for you. Believe that strength comes to you through your precious Savior. Amen? But we also have to understand the process of change and growth. And if we don't understand the process, we're going to get discouraged when there's a setback or if there's a setback or how hard it can be. Just because it's hard doesn't mean God isn't in it. Amen? Amen. He's developing perseverance. Work with your health care provider. In 75 to 85% of the cases of addiction, there are comorbid or coexisting conditions that need to be addressed, including mental health issues. Paul said it this way, I do not understand my own actions. For what? For I do not do what I want, but I do the thing I hate. God is in the business of showing us these weaknesses, these things that are hidden in our hearts that we don't even know are there. And our job is to contract with God to continue to say yes. That's the most simple theology I know. But if you stick to that theology, God will continue to change you. Amen? God has designed the human brain, even in adulthood, with a powerful capacity to reshape itself, learn, and grow new connections. Praise God for that. How many of you can just say hallelujah? Dr. John Rady, experiences, thoughts, actions, and emotions actually change the structure of the brain. So the father's name is written in the forehead. You're going to have a more beautiful brain than when you were a runaway bulimic or a drug addict or a porn addict or a violent-tempered person. How many of you would like to have a more beautiful brain under imaging? It's going to get better looking because the brain is the hardware of the soul. Amen? Amen. Treat your brain good. So the freedom keys for long-term success, creating an environment, your internal environment of your outlook, which we are really going to dig into on Friday. It's my favorite topic. Your external environment of your surroundings. We're going to take a a deep look at situational awareness tomorrow and habit formation, creating a lifestyle, creating connections with God and with others. I want to tell you the story of my friend Jerry Scheel a number of years ago when our Living Free book came out, and I would encourage you to go to the book center and see our books, they're on sale, Living Free is on sale there, and uh, also Foods for Thought and Simple Solutions. But he drove up with a, a busload of Canadians Uh, a number of years ago and he walked into my class. I was doing a 16 or 15 hour training in the Living Free series because we have a six-session Living Free program. Also, Hope Television, every Wednesday night at 9.30 is a 13-segment program called Living Free and it has amazing testimonies. You can uh, go to our website and find the links to to programs that you've missed. They are made for anybody to watch and be encouraged so I want to draw your attention to that. But anyway, Jerry drives up with these Coma- Canadians and he comes into my class and uh, that that's what he had on. That was the picture of the classroom there. And he said, I, my name's Jerry, she A, you know, the Canadian flair in the language. He said, I, I would like to share in your class today. And, you know, sure. I, You know, I don't know this guy, I don't know if he thinks he's an alien, I don't know anything about him, I, you know, um, and so I just sort of soft-pedaled a little bit, and I said, well, you know, it's a pretty tight schedule, we might be able to squeeze in a minute, a minute for you today, uh, but I'll have to step in, you know, just under, no hard feelings, but we have an agenda today. Uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah, fine. So he stood up, he started to share, and when he started to share his story, I said, take the class. Just take it. Take the rest of the class. And I believe that God had me. Honestly, I'm telling you, I believe that one of the reasons God had me put all these materials together is for him. Um, He did not follow any of my instructions in class. He runs all kinds of living-free programs in Canada. Every month he has 30 people coming, people from other denominations coming. He does not do what I tell him to do, but I believe that God has really raised up this man. He was uh, as a little Adventist boy. He had ADD, and his first crime was stealing money out of the offering plate. His uh, Kind of a violent home. He, he was told... His teacher told his parents in front of him as a little boy that he was backward and he couldn't be expected to learn much in life. Now, that affected him and at that young age, as a little boy, he made the decision that the only way he could make it is through crime. And so, he's very brilliant, by the way, Uh, and so he grew up, he got in a lot of trouble, he was incarcerated numerous times. He was using, he's, in his own words, he was addicted to everything. He went to California. He was a male model. He developed software for elite athletes. He was a massage therapist. He was partying in Hollywood. And uh, finally, finally, finally got sick and tired of it. And I had just been recently up in Pugwash, Nova Scotia. Did you ever, can you ever imagine a name like that? But that's where I was, in Pugwash, Nova Scotia, holding a living free training, and that's the box right there. And a little bit after that, Jerry decided to go back home. He went to the conference president, and he had given his heart back to God, but he knew he needed to stay free. So I I, I want God, I want to live right, how do I do this? and the conference president had this box. I left it with him, and he gave Jerry the box, and he said, if you do what's in this box, you'll be free. Well, you know, that's not the way the box is designed to be used. It's a (laughs) six-session seminar, but Jerry went home. He went through the box. He did everything, and he got free. He was just praising God for that, and he started working. That's the book that you can get. We have it discounted, but he went to work in construction, and this homeless guy right here said, Jerry, you really love God, and you have such a way with people. You really ought to be in ministry, and so Jerry started holding living free programs in his home, and people were getting free. They were staying free. His home became a haven for people that were really challenged. Well, in this journey, he met Roger. Roger was a retired... Uh, Air Fo- Royal Air Force pilot, down and out, depressed, family had abandoned him. This was Roger's apartment, full of gin bottles. Jerry met Roger and he said, Roger, would you like to be free? And Roger said, yes. And Jerry said, well, I have this box at my house. <laughs> and if I bring this box to your house, and we go through this box together, you'll be free. I mean, he said it just like that. And so Roger said, yeah, I want to be free. This is his house. This is what he did with his life. A Royal Air Force pilot in this condition. So they started to clean up. They started to get rid of all the stuff, the media and the booze and all of that. There's the box. (laughs) <laughs> and they started going through it together each session, one by one. There's my precious colleague Evelyn, talking about dietary fiber uh, and how many grams in the boxes of cereal and so they would stop the tape. Roger wanted him to stop the tape. they'd go through the cupboards. nope the check the the captain Crunch is gone. We're going to bring in you know grape nuts and so they would they would go through this process and by the way, the tablets are back there. For uh, Evelyn, if you want to write a love note that we miss her, love her, wishing her to get well. She has a uh, a genetic condition she's having to address right now that's very serious. So she would love to hear from you. The tablets are back there. So anyway, they started to go through this. And remember we talked about creating an environment, internal and external. This was his first decision. This was his first attempt at creating an external environment that would call him in a right direction creating something that would remind his brain of what his new choices were. There's Roger. Look at Roger. Look at his home. Look at the back counter and the table. He was resurrected from the dead by just following these simple practices. Jerry stayed with him. They worked on it together. And this was a years-long process. And there there were several times They were friends for years. There were several times when Jerry would stop by and Roger would not invite him in. And Jerry didn't push. And so he had a couple of stumbles along the way. Several years ago, um, Roger passed away from a heart condition that was probably alcohol-related from the years of abuse. But I'm here to tell you, he died clean, he died free, he died Christian. He died a new man by God's grace. Jerry walked with him in his journey. Here's Jerry having... He's also still working with this man, but here's Roger, Jerry, having fellowship together. And it's really funny because Jerry has a little bit of dyslexia, so he's nervous about the PowerPoints. And I've just sent him our new Six Session Living Free series. And what he does, when people come to his house for the programs, he has the people that are there read them. They take turns reading the slides. So he's not going to let something that makes him nervous keep him from reaching out. And they love it, he has to finally make them go home. And he has these social events, and he loves people, uh, and they know, they feel it. When our Living Free pre- program came on, um, he had a couple of ex-junkies and some guys on probation there watching. And when I was in, in Canada doing a camp meeting up there, he was driving me around showing me the various jails he had been in. <laughs> so, was, you know, it was really fun. It was not like a tour I've ever had before. Um, so here he is at a Bible study. Got connected with Bible. Now, after a year of being free from alcohol, uh, this uh, is the taxi that Roger used to take to get his gin. And now he, this what he said after a year. He said, "I need a job. I'm ready. My body, my mind, they're back." And after two years of abstinence, the dry weight of the brain recovers because the brain does shrink under the influence of all that alcohol and drugs, whatever the addiction is. Anyway, he got a job driving that taxi, that same taxi, and he was taking people to Bible studies in the taxi. So, creating an environment, overcoming negativity, cultivating thankfulness, that's your internal environment, that's what we're going to deal with on Friday. It's a major key to success. It's not just about lifestyle, it's about a whole remaking, because as the mind thinks, the mouth speaks and the man moves and your thoughts are the raw materials for your actions and that's why we need to walk alongside people as we aren't you learning to think differently as you read the bible and it helps you to interpret your past, your present and your future in a new way so we have to refuse self-pity, focus on solutions, practice new attitudes. Practice doesn't just make perfect, practice makes progress. Amen. And we have to focus on progress, otherwise we won't have joy in the journey. We're gonna learn that tomorrow when we talk about establishing long-term habits. Make sure that your surroundings are helping you, not hurting you. You might have to throw some stuff out of your house, get rid of that smoking jacket, put your um, computer in a central location, whatever it is that's drawing you and pulling you in the wrong direction, you gotta get rid of it, replace it with positives. Practice, practice, practice those new behaviors and you will start to grow a new brain and a new life. Positive lifestyle choices protect the brain-body systems, making it easier to do what? Cope with stress. Isn't that what life is a lot about? Uh, It's about cope. Ellen White says life is a series of trials, people. So it's not about escaping. Addictions are all about trying to escape pain. And Americans are very high on the list of of low pain tolerance, of any kind. We just don't want pain. We want to be happy all the time. But the only way out is through. We need to press, 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 press into Christ, press through the trouble, press on to victory. Those lifestyle habits that are going to support brain health, we've talked about hydrating with water, fresh fruits and vegetables, rest, Daily exercise is like throwing miracle Grow on the brain. Connect with people. The heart health consequences of social isolation are equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Worse for heart health than diabetes and obesity combined. So do you see how this pandemic has caused so much pain? Now, more than ever before, we need to connect with people. Encourage positive choices. Connect with people who are going to pull you in a positive... I will go to somebody that I know has really good thinking skills in a certain area, and I'll ask them, how would you think about this? How, what would your thoughts be? How would you think about this? Do we need to learn better thinking skills? And in some sense, Christianity is not caught, it's taught. We learn Christian principles as we learn from one another. The Bible says iron is refined by iron, and man is made better by contact with his neighbors, so we need those mentors. We need to stay accountable. People behave better when they're around each other. There's something called an exposure effect. The more people see you, even if they don't talk to you, they are going to assume that you are more likable. So don't stay away from that potluck or picnic. Show up, show up. You may ruin it by opening your mouth, but at least it gives you a chance. Okay, you start out with some extra credit. So, we're going to connect with God, and he will forgive you. Amen? And I love the fact that we're told that... Oh, does that mean five five left? Okay. Not only does he forgive us, but he will give us comfort. He restores and he brings comfort to our remorse-filled hearts. Amen? So let's not dishonor him by giving up. Let's not dishonor him. Listen to this. By sin, we have been severed from the life of God. We could use the term paralyzed. Paralyzed. We're paralyzed from the neck up. There are many who realize their helplessness, who long for that spiritual life, which will bring them into harmony with God. How many of you want to be in harmony with God today? You're just sick and tired of your own will and your own way. Let these desponding, struggling ones look up. The Savior is bending over the purchase of his blood, saying with inexpressible tenderness and pity, will you be made whole? He bids you arise in health and peace. Whatever may be the evil practice, the master passion, which through long indulgence binds both soul and body, Christ is able and longs to deliver. He will impart life to the soul that is dead in trespasses. He will set free the captive that is held by weakness and misfortune and the chains of sin. That's genetics, That's environment. That's choice. Amen? So thankful for that. So he will forgive you. He will create a new desire in you. I will put enmity, he says. He will empower you, guide you, and he will save you. That's a bliss factor right there. Connect with God, and you're actually going to mature, you're going to actually grow. You will mature in character, conduct, and habits. You will soar to new heights. You will walk in his love, grow in his wisdom, rejoice in his salvation, and learn from your mistakes. Amen? Put all your hope in God, not looking to your reason for support. In all your ways, give ear to him, and he will make straight paths for your feet. Do not be afraid, he says, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Successful people are not mistake-free. They just refuse to give up. How many of you want to make that commitment today? That when the Lord shows you something, he'll put you in a circumstance because he wants to, he wants to exchange your wishbone for backbone. So you've signed up for this. And we're just going to say, God, thank you for what you show me. Amen? Amen. We're going to let him heal us. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for your Holy Spirit, which has brought joy, courage, and also conviction to our hearts today. You are coming so very soon. And you have said the path of the just is a shining light that shines more and more, Lord we want more and more of you. We want for our light to arise in darkness. You have compared your people to a sun rising over a mountain. And I just pray, Father, that you'd work that strength into each one of us that our worst weaknesses and our greatest nightmare will become our greatest blessing and a weapon against hell. For we pray this for each and every one in this room and all of our loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org audio 2021 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.